we went on a run in every city we went to in Europe. Why? Well, so we could eat in every city we went to in Europe. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. Welcome to episode three of the best of Europe season on the Travel FOMO podcast. We are mining our way through the three month adventure to bring you the best of the best of our time in Europe. And I'm here with my husband and the man who really showed me some of the best of Europe, Jamin. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> And today we have some really good top five lists for you. And if you're a foodie, you're, you might like this more than anybody. I mean, if you went to Europe and you didn't eat all the things that you could eat, did you really even go? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, was it worth it? Might not even count. It's a long way to fly if you're not going to eat good food. (laughs) Well, we had some good meals, but we also had some bad meals. Yeah. So our first list that we're going to talk about today is our actual five worst meals that we had (laughs) in Europe. We're just going to get those out of the way. So number five on our list of the worst things that we ate in Europe would have to be falafelas in Athens, Greece. Falafelas was the name of a walk-up um restaurant it wasn't really a restaurant so much as just like kind of a, a walk-up joint that you go and order your food and go sit down on the steps and eat yeah um but we had actually read a blogger who like loved them and then we went and we were like yeah no greek food is way better than this this is not great and it was just like some pitas that we had some some uh greek gyros that were like eh. Yeah, yeah, they were just like, they were sort of flavorless, really. They really were. The meat wasn't great. None of the, like, nothing was that great. I was like, this is not actually how Greek food tastes. Like, this is not a good representation. (laughs) A little disappointing. Number four on our worst meals list was the Bavarian pretzel that we bought at the carnival in Munich. (laughs) So we were all excited about being in Germany and experiencing some authentic Germanness, and we actually were on our way to a beer hall when we saw a carnival going on. We're like, oh, that's really cool. Made it to the beer hall and found out that they were completely booked for like a private event. Yeah. So we're like, well, there's a carnival there. What's better than carnival food? Nothing. Let's go have carnival food. Yeah. We were like thinking like Texas State Fair foods. Like this is going to be awesome. Right. The best of the best. And we went to the carnival. The carnival was incredible. Absolutely amazing. But we bought some food there. One of the things was this massive Bavarian pretzel. And we're like, this thing's going to be amazing. It wasn't really hard, but it wasn't really soft. It wasn't salty. It was was just cold. Yeah, it was cold. And it was just kind of like, this is just a lot of like lackluster bread that I'm now going to force myself to eat because I bought it. Some hard bread. Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. And we had such high hopes. We were like, oh, my gosh, this is like the biggest pretzel we've ever seen. People are walking around with these. And we're just thinking, like, that is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, it was it was such a letdown. I think that's the that's the biggest part is, like, our hopes were so high for it. And it was, like, just dashed against the carnival streets. It- <laughs> 
Exactly. Well, number three actually is not far from there because when we were also in Munich, Germany, we had hot dogs outside of Munich at the Neuschwanstein Castle. Now, a lot of you guys, if you've been to the big castle in Germany that looks like the Disney Castle, that's the Neuschwanstein Castle. And we had hot dogs at a little like restaurant right outside the castle. And so it was very touristy. Um, but I just, you know, I just don't think German food is my jam because I didn't have a lot of things that I loved. And those hot dogs were some of the worst hot dogs I've ever had. <laughs> they were they were not great. And the, the food that we had there overall just wasn't, wasn't very flavorful. Yeah. In fact, I remember we were in the train station. We were actually converting some money into uh, Czech crowns because we were headed to the Czech Republic and the guy working at the money station was like oh yeah the food here is terrible every year for my birthday I go to Prague so that I can have really good food that's right oh my gosh that's hilarious <laughs> number two on our worst uh, meals and this wasn't technically a meal but was definitely among the worst so we included it in this list was in Prague they have this plum liquor that Prague is like famous for. It's this famous thing there that everyone has. And we bought a bottle of it, um, a small bottle at like a little liquor store so we could try it. And this stuff was straight nasty. So bad. Nasty. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you get through it. I don't know what they do with it. I don't know. Maybe cars run on it. I'm not sure. It's bad. But it it was rough. And number one on our list of worst meals was a meal I have to take responsibility for. It was my idea. And uh, I was trying to make an awesome sardine meal because we'd just been in Spain and we'd had some incredible meals of like sardines. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is going to be really good. I mean, get some sardines um, from a store. And we were in the Cinque Terre. So we were on the coast of Italy in a tiny, tiny little village where there wasn't even hardly a grocery store. And we go in this tiny little market and I get some sardines that are in salt. So they're in this like they're jarred and they're in this container full of tons of salt and somebody out there has to give me tips on what to do in a moment like that because I didn't know like you just you can't eat them that way clearly yeah. because we tried and it was horrible then I like tried to like rinse them off like get all the salt <laughs> off of them and it didn't matter like you just couldn't eat them. They were they were so salty. I, I don't know. You must have to cook with like put them on pizza or something like that. Yeah. But even then, I don't so like salty. it was that? just overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. But it was real bad. That was going to be like our meal. I think we ended up having ramen noodles instead. Yes. We ate ramen noodles that you had brought with you all the way from Switzerland. I think you had to carry them in your bag <laughs> because they were so expensive in Switzerland that you wouldn't throw them away. And so oh my that gosh, was our last resort. That's true. That really happened. Oh my gosh. I was so cheap. <laughs> but the food in Switzerland was really expensive. So I yeah. had to like, you know, store it away. It was by far the most expensive set of ramen noodles that we had ever, ever had. Bought. Yeah. So if there's a worst, that means there's a best. Good, that's and good. And now we are going to 
turn things in a positive direction and share with you our top five best meals. That's right. And number five are sardines. <laughs> Just like we mentioned um, that I was like, I was, it was the meal. This is the meal I was trying to replicate. You know, yeah. we had some fresh sardines and some smoked salmon when we were in San Sebastian, Spain. And man, San Sebastian has some good food, guys. Great food. Very affordable and very, very good. And so we just had, I mean, multiple meals that were just incredible there. And so I was trying to replicate those, you know, when we were in Cinque Terre. But, uh, but man, I remember our first real meal of fresh sardines and smoked salmon in San Sebastian. And I just still think about it. Love it. Number four on our list of best meals was a meal that we had in Luxembourg. So Luxembourg, we were actually in the capital city of Luxembourg, in the country of Luxembourg. If you haven't ever heard of it, that's because it's crazy small, little bitty country, um, very wealthy country. But they have their own kind of cuisine. And we had a meal there. We ordered like, <laughs> it was like ham and beans. Mm-hmm. was one meal which and, sounds so lame right and another meal was like potatoes with like a little bit of bacon and cheese which sounds good but also sounds like not noteworthy at all both were incredible really good so good could not get enough of it thought about that meal for a long time still think about like what did they put in those potatoes that made them <laughs> so good it was yeah. such a good meal absolutely yeah i echo that one for sure and number three on our list of the best meals that we had in europe is a vegetable medley that we had at an italian restaurant in monte carlo monaco yeah so you guys i I still think about these vegetables. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like this was number one on my list and we had to negotiate it down to number three on our combined <laughs> list because these vegetables are by far the best thing that I had in all of Europe. And it was incredibly healthy. It was just this huge platter of vegetables that came out as our like appetizer. Yeah. And it, I've never still, I mean, you make some pretty incredible vegetables, but still to this day, I don't think I've had anything quite like that. That's another instance where I feel like if you're open to taking some suggestions from locals, you can really win. Because um, yeah. we asked the waiter, we were like, what do you recommend for appetizers? And he's like, everybody loves this. And I like, I was like, I'm not ordering a vegetable medley for an appetizer. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And you were like, okay, yeah, let's try it. And it was so good. Number two on our list of best meals was pasta that we had at That's Amore in Rome. Now, Rome gives you the Italian food that you are seeking if you want cheesy pasta that's really savory and really good. The cacio pepe, the carbonara, all of those things are so good. And the stuff that we had at That's Amore, I had the cacio pepe, I think you had a ravioli was incredible we both said best pasta that we had in all of italy but it was recommended to us by our airbnb host the first time we went to rome and it was really good we went back and it was really good again the pasta there just so so good 
And number one on our list of best meals in Europe is the Florentine steak in Florence, Italy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Tell everybody what makes these steaks so special. Well, it's it's cattle raised there in in the Tuscan region of Italy. And the way they prepare this steak, they cut these basically what's essentially a T-bone steak, but they don't slice it thin. So you have to order the full steak and it's three pounds of meat. Huge. So a massive steak and they grill it. um, They'll cook it the way you want, but they're not going to overcook it. So um, if you like your steak rare, you're going to love it. But they essentially cook a really nice rare steak and then they cut it into little strips and finish it with pepper and sea salt And that's it. And it's just really good meat prepared really well. And it is so, so good. And grew up in Oklahoma, lived in Texas for a long time. So know my way around a steak. And this best steak I've ever had. So good. I still think about it, this one too. And I didn't even order it. Crazy thing is, guys, we ordered this. Jamin ordered this at a... Um, food hall yeah in a marketplace basically <laughs> right in Florence so that's crazy to think about that we're like you could also just walk nearby and like buy some like fruit like it wasn't anything fancy at all but the meat was incredible yeah I can't even imagine like going to a proper steakhouse and like really paying for a really really good Florentine steak I I don't know what that would be like it uh <laughs> this was just so good yeah. Okay. So you also, in it, since we're talking about some of our best meals, um, you we ate a lot of meals in France. We didn't actually list any of those as our favorite meals, but you did kind of have some thoughts that I thought were so helpful for people about, you know, specifically in a French restaurant. Like the French menus are like really um, detailed and complicated yeah um tell people some of the advice that you have if you're stopping if you're going to out to eat at a restaurant that's like pretty nice and you really want to get a good meal and how do you kind of prepare for that i would say if you're going to eat at a french restaurant make reservations in advance so that you can get into the restaurant that you want to get into and before you go look at the menu online and Look at TripAdvisor. If you're in Europe, TripAdvisor does great restaurant reviews. They don't use Yelp very much. So go to TripAdvisor and sort of figure out what you want before and figure out what it's called because French menus, like you said, are very intimidating and French waiters are not going to do a lot of explaining (laughs) in most instances. You're not going to find it in English in most instances. And so you're going to end up, if you don't do research before and kind of look into what you want and know going in, you're going to be staring at this menu where like on every third line you recognize fromage and you go, oh, there's cheese in that one. I guess I'll pick one of these that has cheese in it. And it just really won't be the experience that you're looking for and that you could have if you just kind of look into it before, kind of know what you want. And then just make the effort to make it simple and easy on the wait staff, and they'll be kind to you and take care of you. They're very professional, but they're not going to hold your hand through the process. 
Okay, our next is a really great list, you guys. It's our list of the top five sweet treats that we had in Europe. Oh, so We tried so, to keep this so pretty good. diverse. So it's not like gelato, 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 gelato. <laughs> right. So yeah. we tried to diversify this a little bit. Jamin, why don't you kick us off? Okay, so number five on our list was Greek yogurt and honey. Um, the Greek yogurt in Greece that we had, we had it in Athens. We actually went to a place and just got it individually made in Athens and in Peros. We bought it at the grocery store. We bought local honey and fresh yogurt and we had Greek yogurt and honey several times. It was so, so good. Like just Greek honey, some walnuts and you're golden. It was yeah. really good. Number four on our list are the Belgium waffles that we had at House of Waffles in Bruges, Belgium. Okay, guys, it does sound like I'm saying Waffle House. It's it's not quite that. <laughs> no, it is not a Waffle House. It's not a Waffle House, but it they did call themselves House of Waffles. So we did have to pause for a moment before we went inside, <laughs> but it was so legit. They had some pretty gourmet waffles, um, but just this basic waffle was incredible. Interesting note, they don't put syrup on them. So nope. you're not going to see that. You're going to see whipped cream and fruit or some other topping that you'd like. Um, the one that we really liked maybe the most was actually one that wasn't even sweet. It was more savory and it was more like um, it had locks on it and um, kind of like a, it was almost like a Caesar salad with smoked salmon on it. Yeah, like cream cheese and yeah. like it was... It was really good. And there's a couple of different styles of, of waffle. They have oh, like the right. Brussels waffle, which is all the perfect squares. And they have what's called a liege waffle that has more rough edges. And it's a whole thing there in Belgium. So the waffles um, don't miss don't miss your chance to have a waffle. Very, very good. Number three on our list uh, actually comes from Amsterdam, where we went and had Stroop waffles. So... Think of a waffle only in a wafer form. So a really, really thin wafer made out of waffle kind of material with a sort of sugary caramel in sandwiched in between two of those wafers. And then they essentially dip it in something and sprinkle it with something. So mine was dipped in chocolate and had caramel chunks kind of sprinkled over it. And so you've got the caramel in the middle and it's this crunch on the outside with this really sweet caramely texture on the inside. And then whatever the topping is added to it, it was really fun, really good. And so many options to choose from. They dip them and make them right there in front of you. So it's sort of that whole experience of going in, seeing the different options and picking what you want. So there's that, that element to it as well. But Stroopwafels, something I had never heard of before, but really, really liked. Yeah. It reminds me of like a flat waffle cone. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, um, yeah, so good. And I love waffle cones. They're really, those, that's really one of my favorite things are Stroopwafels. Those are so good. Okay. Number two, and this could have made it to number one. It's debatable. But number two was basically all of the gelato in all of Italy was like, yes. Yeah. 
it's amazing and <laughs> some better than others we do have a good tip about that and that is if you um if you see the gelato all piled high with tons of like you know decorations on it and stuff and you can see it and you can tell it's not like deep inside a canister then it's not very original like it's not very authentic yeah it's probably made somewhere else and brought there um, but if you find a gelateria with the canisters especially if it's all down buried to silver lids and you just see like the names of flavors that gelato is probably gonna be pretty good it's probably gonna be pretty good and that has proven correct for us so we definitely recommend that and barely edging out gelato in Italy for number one place on our top five sweet treats is pastries in France. In all of France. <laughs> yes. So we went many places in France, kind of sashaying throughout France. We went to Paris and Strasbourg and Lyon and Bordeaux and Cannes and all over the place in France. And one thing that we discovered in Paris that was true throughout all of France and that we took part in in all of France was the boulangerie. Boulangerie means bakery, and you can go in there and you can get bread, stuff like that if you want to, or you can do what you really should do and get pastries. Um, there was a pastry in Lyon called the Bichon Citron, and it's this sort of puff pastry with this lemon zest flavor to it and this like sugary outside it was so so good yeah that was a really good one and i know in paris you had palmiers yes and i had one specifically like i think our first morning in paris and it was from a little boulangerie across the street from us mm -hmm. and I just went in and the lady spoke no English and I was like, I'm so sorry, I don't speak any French. And I just kind of pointed and I got a pommier that had um, some strawberry jam in the middle. It was a very thin layer, so it wasn't too sweet at all. It was mostly just crisp and crunchy with a little bit of hint of uh, sugar. Oh man, that was good. And I went the next day to try to get it again and they didn't have any more, but it was like, oh. That was delicious. I just love the, I love with so many of the French pastries how they're just these tiny, thin, little, delicate, light layers of mm, yeah. goodness. It's so good. So many things in the French pastries and different things in different places. So what you find in Paris might be different in Bordeaux or Strasbourg or in just such a variety and such a cool thing, kind of in the mornings, we would typically go after a run. So we would go on a long run in the morning and then really feel like we had earned a pastry and <laughs> go, like, go pick out a pastry or two and um, maybe pick up a croissant to have for lunch. And it was just such a cool experience. So boulangeries in France, get your pastries Okay, and also we just have a couple honorable mentions to mention because there are some other things that we just thought were like, oh, these are so interesting and good. We can't not talk about them. And one of them was the ice cream that you had in Naples. Yeah, I had some ice cream in Naples. So we went to a gelateria there and I got like chocolate chip and then I also ordered salted caramel. And the salted caramel was like cold caramel 
with not a lot of gelato in it. Like it, yeah. it was like almost all caramel. It really was. It was so weird and strange. And rich. I it was so. It rich. was super rich. I don't know that I finished it all. Yeah. If I had not ordered another flavor to have like next to it, I definitely would have finished it all. But it was such an interesting um, sort of strange thing to fall into yeah well and i had a couple things in the uk that i really liked and one of those was some sea salt ice cream from a place called murphy's in dublin i have always thought about that ice cream from now on like it was literally it wasn't sea salt caramel or anything like that it was sea salt and so it was like a white ice cream that looked a lot like vanilla and I just asked them, like, hey, what do you guys recommend? And they were like, it sounds weird, but we love sea salt. And I was like, okay, give it to me. I'll try it. And I was just like, this is so good. So if you're in Dublin, hit up a place called Murphy's, and they have excellent, excellent ice cream. I would say there's probably a lot of other good stuff, but personally, sea salt was incredible. Another thing um, that was also in the UK is they have Tesco's there. <laughs> And I love their sugar donuts. So I'm just going to say that. Like, it's, you know, just going to the drugstore basically and buying donuts. But uh, I really liked them. And I was a little bummed whenever we left the UK and I couldn't get them anymore. Well, if you're going to eat all that food, you got to have something to wash it down. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk through our top five drinks that we had in Europe. And coming in at number five was wine that we had in Bordeaux. Uh, we had dinner at this little restaurant and we had a charcuterie board for dinner. So we didn't really order entrees. We just had this charcuterie board and we ordered Bordeaux wine from St. Emilion. And that was significant to us because we had just spent the day in St. Emilion touring the vineyards. Uh, we'd had a couple of wine tastings and we got to see the city and walk around. It had been such a rich day of getting to do those tours and seeing this amazing place and then getting to like instantly reconnect with it over dinner, like having a charcuterie board, a couple glasses of Bordeaux. It was just super special. I liked Bordeaux wine prior to us going there, but it just solidified it in my mind as being the best. And it was just a really, really cool Uh, day and then really cool into the day having some Bordeaux in Bordeaux. (laughs) Loved it. Okay number four was the Jameson Distillery in Dublin, Ireland. Yeah. Yeah like I knew that we would get to try little um, do some taste testing of the Jameson whiskeys and stuff but what I didn't know is that they would have a bar there where they could have like one of their own bartenders make you a great cocktail with Jameson and we had some excellent cocktails yeah. there and it was so fun because the tour was incredible I will say that would be probably one of our top experiences too that we've had is um, as far as a paid experience was the Jameson Distillery was pretty cool it was yeah, really good an excellent tour um and our tour guide was awesome and always, he was it's always like if you got a great tour guide you just n- never know how great you might like something but the jameson distillery in dublin ireland definitely has some good cocktails yep the bow street experience if you're there do it number three are the cocktails that we had while we were watching the sunset in santorini 
And let me tell you guys something. The sun setting in Santorini is like kind of a big deal. Yeah. People gather around and it becomes a thing. And we happen to get really great seats at this bar with this incredible view of the sun setting on the ocean. And there was not a person in our way. It was just us and the ocean and the sun setting. And I'll just never forget. The the cocktails were really good, too. Um, Mm -hmm. We'd kind of been in a lot of different places at that point where we'd had a lot of wine and a lot of beer. But we hadn't had a lot of cocktails lately. And that was a place that I was like, oh, this is a really good cocktail. And so um, I, I do remember they had the music like just pounding away but <laughs> were, it was fun so. yeah they were in full-on club mode already and we, we yeah. weren't quite there yet <laughs> um but I, re- I remember thinking that too like because we were set up kind of high so you could really see the sunset and i remember people down below like clamoring to get a view of the of the sunset yeah. and just thinking like this is so much better yeah. getting to sit here have an excellent cocktail and watch the sun go down over the ocean Absolutely. So good. Okay. Number two was a really fun experience. I feel like that you Mm -hmm. and I, like it's, it was both good cocktails, but also just a really fun experience. And we had, um, we'd just been to the Mary Kings close, uh, which was a tour we'd been on in Edinburgh, Scotland. And we were walking down an advocate, which or um, a close, which is um, basically like these little alleyways. And we'd been walking down this tiny little alleyway. And all of a sudden, we came upon something called Devil's Advocate. And it was this whiskey bar. And we were like, well, it's kind of tucked away and really cool and posh looking. Like, let's go inside this random place. And we went inside and started trying some of their drinks and um, tried a flight of their scotch whiskey, which was awesome. Um, And then I think we ended up, I think there is when I ended up realizing that I really like a certain kind of drink with like a smoky scotch. Yeah, you had an old-fashioned made with That's scotch. Right. An yeah. old-fashioned made with, like, a smoky scotch. It was good. And I was like, ooh, this is my new drink. This is awesome. But it's hard to find people um, just anywhere that know scotch that well that can recommend a really good scotch like that. And so I feel like that's a harder experience to replicate. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed that as well. And, like kind of cool like we're in advocates close where all the lawyers used to be and so they named it devil's advocate and like playing off of that so really um just a lot of fun a a great way to experience a little bit of scotland number one on our list of top drinks that we had on our gap year adventure in europe was ciders in pubs in the cotswolds so we couldn't narrow this down to one single experience but the whole pub culture in England in general, but specifically in the Cotswolds, is so fun and just really cool. So you walk in, you walk up to the bar, order your drinks, pay for your drinks, they hand them to you right there, and then you get to go just sign it, kind of sit wherever and leisurely drink your drinks. We had a lot of different ciders while we were there, and they were really good very different than ciders that you get in America. Um, Not nearly as sweet. And so they're, they don't 
taste as sugary as they a lot of ciders do here in the U.S. So we really enjoyed them, and they're really fresh there in the Cotswolds. There, a lot of them are made very close and locally. They're always on draft, and we would just sit and either talk about what we had just experienced or what we were going to experience. And so you have this whole activity of just popping into a pub and having a pint and there's people gathered around in little clusters throughout the pub doing the same thing. Everyone's happy. Everyone's in a good mood. And it's just a great way to end your day, to take a break during your day, to have lunch. I'm sure to start your day, we should have done that, but it, is just this really cool thing part of the culture there that just swallows you up so if you're in england and you're out in the cotswolds and you find yourself fortunate enough to stumble upon a pub which you will go in and have a pint you'll be glad you did so we did have a couple of honorable mentions that didn't quite make this list and i know one of them was like way at the top of your list i know it was like number one for me but you said it didn't have alcohol so i couldn't include it but i <laughs> loved the lemon slushes that we had on the cinque terre cliffs whenever we were hiking the five cities it was incredible it was this tiny little dive place up on this mountain and as you walk through this tiny little village it was one of like it was literally the street was like a walking path yeah and so we're like walking along this path and if you just like cut to the right for a second you end up inside this little tiny place that might have been a deli but also like a place where you could get like some little lemon slushies so we were definitely needing to be refreshed and um, it's a very hot day of hiking and we got some lemon slushies and then we walked back the, to this the tiny end of this little place and there was one window that was completely open no screen or anything just this wide open window and you could look out and see this incredible view and you could see the next city ahead which felt like a really long ways away hiking <laughs> but it was such a um a fun moment and uh i just you know if we had a little limoncello we could just like top that off and then it would have made number one on our list <laughs> it would have been on the list <laughs> Okay, so our best overall meal experience. I'm actually really excited about this list. I've loved all of the lists we've done today, but this is our last one and the best one. Jamin, why don't you kick us off with number five? Number five of the best overall meal experiences was fish and chips at the Mayfair Chippy. So this is the Mayfair part of London, England. Um, we had fish and chips there. It was a day where we had walked around England um, it was rainy and kind of chilly and you came in out of it and went back into this little English chip house <laughs> and it uh, was just really great food, great atmosphere and really it was at the beginning of our trip, like the very beginning of our trip. And I remember sitting down in there and being like, this is why I wanted this so bad. This is why I saved so much and worked so hard and did all those things is so that I could have moments like these in little places like this. Okay, number four on our list was dinner on a patio on the street in Paris. Yeah. I don't even know the place. I don't even know. But it was somewhere in Paris, France. <laughs> and it was awesome. And I remember the food was good. 
Um, but the overall experience was so fun because we had had such a great day in Paris. Mm -hmm. We were sitting there drinking wine. We were filming each other and being so stupid and just like goofing off for the camera and for each other, really. And um, it was just fun. It was a good memory and great food and like getting to people watch and all of that just made for a great night. Sitting on the street, so Parisian of us. Number three on our best overall meal experiences was the first dinner that we had in San Sebastian. Uh, We were walking around and it was kind of late and we found a place and went in and it was a little bit nicer than I think maybe we thought it was going to be. And we ended up sitting down to this incredible meal. I had steak. I think you had lamb. Um, But the the experience was amazing. Um, we asked about the wine and I was looking at the menu and I had to clarify with the waiter a couple of times the price on the wine. I was thinking it was price per glass, but it was price per bottle. Yeah, it was like 16 bucks Yeah, for a bottle or 16 euros or whatever. Yeah. For a bottle. For a bottle. And we asked about two different wines. We were like, well, we're kind of thinking about this one or this one. What do you recommend? And he was like, Let's do this. And he went and opened both bottles of wine and let us try and pick which one we wanted. (laughs) It was so nice. Yeah. And the food was incredible. The waiter was so good um, and really just started off our whole San Sebastian experience in such a cool way. The food there, excellent. Pinchos, all of the stuff there, so, so good. And it all kind of started right there where we realized like we've found a gold mine at San Sebastian. So number two on our list of best overall meal experiences in Europe was a late night meal that we had when we were like trying to grab some grub after a crazy long bad tour that we had. Oh, Do you remember? You were so sick too. Like allergies had hit you and you were like wiped out and you mustered up enough energy to go on a tour that was only supposed to be like... I don't know, maybe like two hours. It was supposed to be an hour and a half. Oh, an hour and a half. And it was like three. Three hours. Yeah. And it was horrible. (laughs) The guy was so bad. He was so bad. And he was reading to us. And he would never like, the reason it was so long is he would always stop and wait until everybody stopped talking or that everybody got caught up. Like he wouldn't just let it, he wouldn't just move it along. Right. And he had like to have everybody's attention and you're just like, oh, this is a beating. And so then it was like late by the time we were done and we were like, we're really hungry. And we'd heard about this place called Locale. And so this is Prague, Czech Republic. And we it's late at night and we go into this place that ends up being kind of like a beer hall, mm-hmm. but great food. Yeah. And we kind of like have to bully our way to the front and get a table and we sit down and we're sitting at like kind of like long tables, like a beer hall. So you're kind of basically sitting with all these other people and we get beef goulash and goulash has just never sounded that great to me, but we got some of the most amazing goulash and they came with these dumplings that looked a lot like little pieces of bread. Yeah. 
and it was so good so good so good and then the beers we had these big old like czech beers and we were just like this is fun this is great and it was so alive like everyone it was like the whole city had just come alive and we didn't know it they were just all in this beer hall yeah, we're inside it was crazy. there <laughs> it was fun so number one on our list of best meal experiences in our time in Europe was a lunch that we had in Edinburgh, Scotland at a place called Badger and Company. So this happened to be Easter Sunday. We had gone to a church service there at, at a local church and we'd made reservations to have a Sunday roast. Now, if you are like me and didn't grow up in England, you didn't know that like pubs do things called Sunday roasts and they make a special meat and it's for lunch on a Sunday. And once they're out, they're out. And we made reservations and we went and I remember I got the last Sunday roast. And oh my gosh, I didn't remember you got the last one. Yeah, because I remember I remember sitting down and we ordered cocktails. The cocktails were really good. We had an appetizer and we ordered entrees. And I said, I want the Sunday roast. And our waitress was like, I need to go check and see if we have any left. And she came back and was like, yep, there was, there was one more. You got the last one. Wow. And it was... Such a cool place, such a great experience, great service, a really cool vibey place. So Badger and Company, and it's decorated um, with all the Wind in the Willows characters. So Mr. Toad and Badger and all of those and um, just such a cool spot right at the foot of the castle in Edinburgh. Just an amazing experience. I always want to go back there and you really liked the appetizer that we had there was something that really stuck out to you yeah we had haggis and so haggis is like sheep parts cooked inside sheep intestine and they had fried haggis so they had like put it in little nuggets and fried it and it was really good <laughs> it was actually really <laughs> i really good. liked it um, so we got to try something crazy and unique, have excellent cocktails and like really, really good food. I remember they said it's at this table. We're sitting in these big like winged back leather chairs uh, right next to a window and just so many great things about it. Um, Sunday roast, Easter Sunday lunch at Badger Company in Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, that's one I'll hold on to for a really long time. Well, that is it for this episode of the Travel FOMO Podcast, but your journey does not have to end here. There's all kinds of amazing stuff that we have out for you on all of our social media platforms. You can, of course, catch us on YouTube. Uh, if you'd like to support us, that's a great way you can is by going out, watching our YouTube videos and subscribing there. Uh, also, like and comment if uh, if any of those things feel especially applicable to you. And you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, those places. Connect with us there. Let us know what's going on with you. Uh, we'll be posting about our current adventures and all the stuff that we've done before so you can catch us there. 
That's right. And if you'd also like to connect to us on a more intimate level, you can reach out to us by email at travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. That's where we're receiving um, listener stories, I guess you could say, listener stories from you guys. We would love to hear from you, hear what you have been up to, where you have been, and what travel tips you might have that not only we can benefit from, but we could also share it with others. So drop us a line at travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. And tune in next week because next week, today we talked about some of the best stuff. Next week, we're talking about the worst of the worst. The baddies. Get ready. (laughs) It's going to be fun. Um, We're just going to like complain, I guess. (laughs) In the dish, all the deets, all the stuff that you really want to know so that you don't fall into it, we're going to tell you. Yep, we are going to dish. Okay, guys, life is short. Wander well.